0: Hello and welcome to A History of Hannibal, episode 26, In the Bleak Midwinter. Okay, so before we get into events leading to Trasimini, I think we should probably speak about last week's departure from the norm. So, I've had some feedback regarding the Let's Talk episode. And given the content of this feedback, it is very safe to say that I will be doing it again. From what I've heard, you guys really like it, which is fantastic news. And I don't think Hanny would correct me for saying we both had a blast making it. I'm not sure when we'll do this again, but we will do this again. I still have loads of points I want to get into, many questions I want to pose to Hani, and so many bad jokes I want to make. Speaking of which, I must say congratulations to you all for sticking around. It was a very strange recording without a script, just being, well, me. And with all my tangents becoming very easily frustrated, at decisions made 2,000 years ago, no concept of time management, incomprehensible sentences full of quadruple negatives, not to mention the horrific jokes. Because what I was going to say was "A um, 1001 Arabian Nights. Oh, that's a good answer. Because it was written yeah. by Robin Williams. <laughs> oh <Good> dear. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been my reason. And with all that, you stayed around. So thank you. And if you haven't given any feedback yet, please just send me an email. Thehistoryofpodcasts at gmail.com I really want to know what you think of it. Which bits did you like? Let me know. While I won't be doing a big Q&A again for a while... I really like the listener involvement of this episode, so if you have any ideas about topics you would like Hani and I to discuss, I'd very much like to hear from you. I've had feedback with ideas people would like us to expand on, and I would be more than happy to do so. It can be about the Punic Wars, the classical world in general, or just any historical ponderings you want to share. One last point. It appears I completely mispronounced the location of Listener Joseph, the capital of Wyoming, which Listener Wes informs me should be pronounced Cheyenne. Thanks for the correction, Wes. Though it turns out that, though Listener Joseph was born in Cheyenne, he actually lives in Virginia. Oops. My bad. My Facebook stalking skills are obviously not as good as I thought they were. So, uh, very, very sorry, Joseph. Also, I would like to mention again that I have released my first book. A History of Alexander the Great. An edited version of the Alexander transcript. It is available exclusively on Amazon Kindle. But I don't have a Kindle, Jamie. What should I do? I hear you ask. Well, you can also buy it through the Kindle app for various Apple products such as the iPod Touch, the iPhone and the iPad. Not to mention the app available on Google Play for Android users, whether it be a phone, tablet or whatever. It only costs about £2 or $3, which is the price of a cup of coffee. 50,000 words on Alexander the Great for the price of a cup of coffee. At those prices, you'd be a fool not to buy it. And a copy for all your family and friends. It is after all that time of year, we're about to have Christmas and Kwanzaa, and we have just had Hanukkah. Nothing says I love you like a book about Alexander the Great from your favourite podcaster. And if your family and friends are not interested in that kind of thing, why not buy their presents through the Amazon links on the website? It is a fantastic way to support the show. Another note for you, Amazon partisans. Because this is a Kindle exclusive product, it is available to borrow for free if you are an Amazon Prime user. How cool is that? But... That is probably enough plugs for the moment. We must move on. We must take Hannibal and the Romans to Lake Trasimene. So, where did we last leave things? Hannibal had just trounced Sempronius Longus at the Battle of the Trebia. He allowed his men to recover from the battle in the freezing cold... A cold which killed most of Hannibal's elephants. Sempronius and Scipio managed to retreat to Placentia on the Po River. The modern Piacenza. With about 10,000 survivors. At Rome, they were perhaps slightly concerned but not too worried. They stayed calm and raised another army which would be commanded by the consuls for the next year in 217 BC. Gnaeus Servilius and Gaius Flaminius. Remember all that? Good. Let's get into it. While both sides were not going to launch a major campaign in the middle of winter, that would be foolish. This didn't mean that action stopped completely. Hannibal used his Numidian cavalry to make numerous raids against the Romans. Placentia was effectively besieged. The only supplies that could make it into the city came by means of the river. Hannibal himself tried taking an important trading centre near Placentia. He tried to be quite sneaky about it, setting off in the middle of the night with a smallish force of light cavalry and light foot troops. But the Roman sentries spotted him, and the consuls were alerted. Scipio and Sempronius advanced with the cavalry, and were followed by the legions, marching in battle order. A skirmish took place between the cavalry, and Hannibal was injured, forcing him to retreat back to his camp, and let the wound heal. After a few days, Hannibal was once again ready for action, this time, going to face another trading post, Victor Moulai. Victor Moulay had been taken by the Romans, from the Gauls, and had been strongly fortified. And so, with all the commotion and battles going on, the local population did the logical thing. They hid inside the trading post's strong walls. When Hannibal approached the town... The Romans were encouraged by reports of what happened at Placentia, and so they left the town and went to meet Hannibal. These men may have been brave, but they were not Roman legionaries. They were not trained, they did not get into battle formation. In short, a handful of Carthaginians massacred 35,000 Romans. Victor Muli surrendered the next day. The town was brutally sacked. At least, that is the version of events we have in Livy. Remember what Hanni and I said last week. There are reports of horrible cruelty by Hannibal and the Carthaginians. But the historiographical record is Greco-Roman, and our sources are hostile to Hannibal. We only have one side of the story and so need to be very careful about what we believe. Was the town treated as a captured city and sacked? Probably. Was it the most brutal sacking in world history, as Livy would have us believe? Probably not. Things were going well for Hannibal, but Polybius informs us that he was concerned with assassination attempts on his life. He worried that he had only recently formed friendly relations with the Gauls, and no doubt he was concerned by the fact the war was still taking place on the land of the Gauls. What did he do to avoid assassination? Well, as he was a treacherous Carthaginian, again, bear in mind our source's biases, he had many wigs made, each making him look a different age. He then had a series of different outfits designed for each of these wigs, so he would look different day to day. And so only those who knew him very well would be able to recognise him. I may not know if Hannibal actually did this, but I certainly like this story. At this point, in the very early part of 217, Hannibal began to move south into Etruria. His plan of breaking apart Rome's Italian confederation was going well. He had brought the Gauls and Ligurians over to his side. Now he wanted to try and flip the Etruscans. He began to cross the Apennines, but was forced back. The weather was very grim. If you will allow me to quote from Livy, book 21... Chapter 58 Crossing the Apennines, he encountered weather almost worse than the horrible conditions he had found in the Alps. Heavy rain and a violent wind right in their faces made progress impossible. They could not hold their weapons, and, if they tried to struggle on, the wind spun them round and flung them off their feet. The strength of it made it impossible to breathe. So all they could do was to turn their backs to it, crouching on the ground. Then the sky seemed to burst in a roar of sound, and between the horrific thunderclaps lightning flashed. They were blinded and deafened, and benumbed with terror. Then, when the rain had at last stopped, it blew harder than ever and they felt that the one essential thing was to get some sort of shelter erected on the spot. But this was only a fresh beginning of their troubles, for they could not open out the canvas or get anything to stand, or, if they did, it promptly blew away. Everything was going in shreds down the wind. Soon the moisture whipped off by the wind froze in the icy air above the peaks, and there was so heavy a fall of hail and snow that men dropped all their gear and flung themselves face downward on the ground, where they lay smothered rather than protected by whatever they could find to cover them. So intense was the cold that followed. Thus of all that miserable heap of prostrate men and beasts, not one, however much he wished, was able for a long time to raise himself from where he lay. Scarcely, indeed, could they bend their joints, both muscles and limbs being frozen stiff. At long last, they managed to get some life and movement back into their bodies, and revived a little. A few fires were kindled here and there. But even then, every man was too weak to assist his comrades. For two weeks, they stayed in that dreadful place, unable to budge. Many men and beasts perished, including seven of the elephants, which had survived the Battle of the trebia I know I said in episode 24 that all but one of the elephants was killed by the cold after the Battle of the Trebu, but I'm quite sure that that cold is included in the cold that we've just spoken of which would consolidate the sources. Hannibal realised that he wasn't getting anywhere, trying to cross the Apennines. So he moved back to Placentia, and offered battle to the Romans. The Romans refused on the first day, but on the second Sempronius caved in. The Romans fared well early on, and pushed the Carthaginians back to their camp, but were unable to take it, and were not getting anywhere. As it got late in the day, they withdrew back to Placentia, when Hannibal launched his cavalry that had been waiting. It could have been a very costly encounter, but night brought an end to the conflict. The fighting had been very fierce, but losses were only 900 or so aside, though the Romans had lost a number of officers. Sempronius moved to Lucca, and Hannibal moved to Liguria after this. Meanwhile, in Rome, a number of strange prodigies were occurring. A prodigy is like an omen, but it affects a community rather than an individual. The Sibylline books were consulted, you should remember these from episode 3, and it was discovered that Rome needed to purify herself. There were sacrifices and dedications to temples. With Flaminius about to begin his plans for 217, this seems like a good place to stop for this week. If you enjoyed listening today, why not check us out in all the usual places online. The website, thehistoryofpodcast.blogspot.com, where there are many maps and other bits of information, not to mention links to the book. The Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the History of Podcast, where you can be the first to find out when the episode is released. The Twitter page, twitter.com forward slash the History of Pod, where you can find out about the show's production process throughout the week. The YouTube channel, YouTube.com forward slash The History of Podcast, where you can watch Latin videos. The email The History of Podcast at Gmail.com, where you can send a comment or question, giving all important feedback. Give a review on iTunes. It helps raise the show in the iTunes charts, making it more accessible to more people. The History Podcasts. Facebook group, where you can hang out with me, Hanni, and all your other favourite history podcasters. I'll see you next week, when we find out what Flaminius's plans are. Thanks for listening.